Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget, MLB is back. So who are you picking to win the World Series? Well, you can make those picks on BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued online source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website, which is betonline.ag. Use your mobile device or your computer, whichever, to join, and use our promo code, which is BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Huge thanks to Bet Online for presenting the Bleedless Podcast this week. Uh, this week, we were joined in the Canasada by uh, by Los Angeles Dodgers family member, Jose Moda. Uh, I did not join, so when I say we, I mean that loosely. I'm, I'm still sick. I was sick, am sick, currently sick. It's a great time, so that's why I sat out. But Alicia and Juan uh, talk with uh, with 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 the, the 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 family member Jose Moda. Like I said, they talk about some stuff, you know, with uh, how he wound up in L.A. Uh, they talk about how it was for him growing up in the clubhouse, and uh, so much more. It, it was great catching up with him before he jetted down to uh, to San Diego for uh, for that series against the uh, San Diego Padres. So without further ado, here is Jose Moda. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger. And joining us this week on the Carne Asada is the newest member of the Dodgers broadcast team, Jose Mota. Jose, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I heard carne asada. I'm like, uh, where's the smell? I need some of that. <laughs> oh, oh, some. We're, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Oh, <laughs> good. You see, you see, we're the Bleed Loss podcast, but basically, you know how it is when you hang out at a carne asada and you're just, uh, you know, hanging out and talking baseball and uh, doing all that stuff. That's what this show's about. So that's why we call hey. ourselves the carne asada. Perfect, man. My pleasure. Good to be on with you guys. So first off, Jose, uh, let's let's just talk about the Dodgers real quick. Uh, You know, two weeks into the season, a very successful homestand of six and one. What did you walk? What were you most impressed with in in not only this homestand or these first two weeks of the season? Oh, my God. It's about the talent under the ball club. It's amazing to see how, um, you know, the roster is pretty much stacked. You have options out of the bullpen. You have options in middle relief. And one through nine in that lineup, um, any given night, any of these guys can make a difference. And I I love what uh, Freddie Freeman said a couple of days ago where he goes, you know, every one of these guys in this lineup is a game changer. And you can see what ha- what's happened throughout this, you know, first couple of weeks of the season. Everybody has been a game changer in, in one way or another. And um, it seems like 
they don't they don't have to count on only one guy to carry the team, which is so refreshing. Uh, but we know who's going to carry the team eventually, you know, as the year progresses. But, man, I am so glad to see how Dave Roberts has control, keeps it fun. They play the game right um, and just do so many things right in order to win ballgames, and they're winning ballgames. So you, uh, we, just, we got some bad news yesterday with Andrew Heaney and the shoulder inflammation. Right. You used to be with uh, what I like to refer to as a circus organization before, you know, down in Disneyland with the Angels. But you got to see Andrew Heaney firsthand. What was the difference? I mean, those first two starts, man. I, I mean, I know everyone on the show was not expecting Andrew Heaney to look like that. Did he ever look like that down in Anaheim? He had some spurts. He had some moments where you go, okay, he's got it. He's going to find it. And then uh, the poor guy, something happened with his body as it happened this time. Um, and things would go south. But what I like the most about now is the fact that he's, he's more of a complete pitcher. You know, Andrew's always had, a decent fastball, uh, sometimes with plenty of run on it, you know, to get some ground balls. But also Andrew, in, in some ways, have become very dependent on that high fastball. And this day and age, man, he's a fly ball pitcher, and that's why he's given up so many home runs the last couple of seasons. I mean, astonishing amount of home runs. So this time with Connor McGinnis and uh, Mark Pryor, they found a little tweak in his slider, and that was it. That's pretty much has been the story. The swings and misses – the whips he's getting um, is just the deception that he's created. He's not throwing any harder. I don't think he's become any smarter, but the stuff that they have refined it here has been tremendous. And this, this, this first that I saw with him doing so well, it was like dominance, but this style of pitching for him, I think will carry over much better. Now we just pray for his shoulder to come back and, and be healthy because they're going to need him. So he had said after his last start that uh, he was throwing his breaking ball a, a lot more. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was throwing his breaking ball so much, do you think that could have contributed to the shoulder? Or is that, as you mentioned before, he's already had a history of this. I don't think it contributed to the shoulder. I think, you know, this might be just a result of the, the lockout, which, um, you know, in so many ways, uh, even talking to executives around baseball, and other general managers outside of the Dodgers, they expected things to happen with pitchers, and it's happening. Um, no team's going to be immune from it, and uh, I think there's more result of that, but nothing to do with a break because if you watch his delivery, he's not like a, like a high-action finish type of guy. He's kind of smooth, roll it up the fingers type of finish, um, and he has had a history with shoulder issues before. So, you know, it could be that because of the short preparation of spring training, as much as guys were throwing on their own, Nothing compares to getting to put the uniform on, competing against other clubs, and the everyday grind, and then, then competing to get people out. So I think this is just a product of that, and hopefully it won't be that long. Alicia, go ahead. I, I'm really excited to uh, be hearing you talk Dodgers baseball. <laughs> um, and my co-host brought up the organization that you were with for many decades, Um I've seen you do your magic at spring training. I, I was there when you first interviewed Otani. Like I was right there on the sidelines. Everybody loves you. You're such a like, your Dodger legacy, you know, with your father and growing up in the stadium. How does it feel right now seeing a Heaney, seeing 
uh, Cody Ballinger start hitting again. And you are actually getting paid to talk about it now. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? <laughs> it's so cool. Alicia, so good to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. And uh, along with your co-host you guys do a fantastic job i've been following this for a long time by the way you oh, guys can, i can prove it i can prove it uh i always wanted to know about the dodgers and i'm like the best way to find out bs you know besides obviously my great partner david basset and and the guys in the booth is through twitter and instagram and and the people that care about and have their opinions which is great so i've been following the account for a long time alicia i know because of your posts how much you love blue there's no secret about it. You always brought me the news about Blue and the Dodgers, and I always got to see the outfits and the celebrations with your family. So I'm very happy, yes, to be getting paid to talk about the Dodgers with no restrictions, right? Right. That's the best part. Now, all the love that people do have for me, I like to pay it back. And, and to me, the fans are everything. I don't just say that. They are everything. And I think one of the hardest things that I went through when I say goodbye to the angels was like the fans, I was like, Oh man. Yeah. Those fans, they're not going to like me. A lot of them are not going to like me anymore. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them unfollowed me, but it's just the way life is. But to talk about Andrew Heaney, somebody that I've known for a long time, Alicia is, is in blue. It's pretty cool. When I saw him that he signed in November, I had no idea I was going to end up with the Dodgers. And I'm like, wow, that's an early signing. Like early November, they signed Andrew Heaney. And I just said, you know what? He he had a tough time with the Yankees, also with the Angels when he got traded to the Yankees. Things did not go very well. And I'm just – and immediately I thought, still in my Angels mind, I go, you know, the Dodgers found a way to help so many guys. I'm not sure Mark Pryor, Andrew Freeman has done his work to, to find out why things have gone south with him. And now I know why. Now as a Dodger, I can say I'm so happy to see the heat dog, as we call him, the heat dog. Um, you mentioned Cody Ballinger. This guy went through one of the toughest stretch I have ever seen ever in my playing career as a son, uh, as a major leaguer for a short time, as a broadcaster. And spring training was ugly for Cody Ballinger. But I admired and respected that he never asked out of the lineup. There was never an excuse. And Alicia, he showed me the mental fortitude that he has. Mm-hmm. And that last year, because of the injuries, he was not himself. You know, front shoulder for a hit for left-handed hitters so tough to go out there and feel comfortable with. But when he's a gamer, this guy makes a difference. And beyond that, even when he has struggled offensively, he plays a center field that I described just as a beautiful center field. Yes. Yes, that is for sure. And so I have to start off again by saying, welcome home, right? This is your home, Los Angeles. And if anyone starts unfollowing you, boo, I out them. Oh, I'll never boo. The uh, Alicia's booing. Oh, she's booing. <laughs> I got her to boo. Was that the I first? got her to boo. She doesn't boo. Oh, I don't boo she's players. against oh. booing. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I don't boo our players. I, I think it's super disrespectful and it's not helpful. And yeah. um, I, I've, I've been hearing a lot of discussion about booing as well. Should you not? And, oh, I paid for my ticket. I have the right. Of course you have the right. No one is saying you don't have the right. I just think it is not helpful. If we love our team and want our team to win, how is booing going to elevate them and encourage them? That's all I'm saying. And Eric Gagne agreed with me. (laughs) Good. Now, hey, that takes me to Reggie Jackson, though. Reggie Jackson always said, you know who they boo on the road? The good players. That's true. 
Yeah, he goes, nobody boos a bad player on the road. They always boo the good player. That's true. So, I mean, we are hated. Would you agree? Are we the most hated team? And are we the most hated fan base in a Major League Baseball? I, I don't no, know. No, really? but I think um, there's something about the Dodgers being so elite in so many ways, classy organization, iconic organization, globally known organization. That's one. I mean, this is all related to winning, Alicia. So when there's a lot of winning, there's going to be a lot of people not going to like you. And you know what? It's, it's, it's too bad. I mean, that's just the way it goes. That's like a lot of people don't like the Yankees, but right. you figure you're like, why do you like the Yankees? Well, let me see. I can't think of anything, but they just win too much period. You know? <laughs> and, and that's what happens. But no, more. you know what? Part of it is, I think, I think, I think part of it is, um, in a way, like, how do they get it done? How do they have this loyal fan base, almost 4 million every single year? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So people are like, yeah, I mean, we don't like him, but we like to be there sometimes because we want to get a feel for that. Yeah. And I never take it for granted. I say Dodger fans, we are so spoiled. And look at the team that they're bringing in. I mean, the Dodgers just keep finding a way to elevate. And I also want to give you your props. No matter what team you've been working with and what teams you played for, uh, your broadcasting career from Fox through Bally and now the Dodgers, you always represented. You always made sure you've been a translator for Vladimir Guerrero uh, at the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's like a a first, right? Like that's just amazing. And you always want to make sure that the young guys who are Spanish speaking, the players, that they have a voice and that you're that voice. And I got to give you props for that because anyone who follows me on social media knows I'm all about representation and um, that we have a big presence. We meaning Latinos, Chicanos, Hispanics. And I just, I would, I'm liking that the Dodgers are bringing on more talent that get it right. And you've had, you've yes. always been a representation kind of guy from the very beginning. So bravo to that. No booing. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias. Hey, I'm in my casa right now. Right. I'm, yeah. This is where I grew up. This is where I met my wife at Dodger stadium. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I had my, my college tryout at Dodger stadium with Augie <laughs> Garrido, uh, my college coach, Tommy, the sort of hit me fungo. So um, in terms of representation, Alicia, I think it's important that we as Latinos and, you know, I'm a dark skinned Latino. There's no denying this. Okay. I this is what we are. Dominicano. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, Dominicano <laughs> yes. Abichuela. Abichuela we said. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about that later on. Jose, because Abichuela? We, yeah. We triggered some Dominicans because we said frijoles, right? Abichuela, and, man. Abichuela. Yeah, exactly. They hey, looked at us hey. like we were going to fight. And we're like, hey, man, they've always been frijoles. We're Mexicans here, man. We're right? frijoles. Refritos. Bring it on. <laughs> hey, um, but it's important to me to set an example, okay? I'm never going to declare myself to be the best of the best example, but we are role models. Like it or not, we are in a position where kids are watching, grandpas are watching, coaches are watching grandmas are watching moms are watching we need to represent ourselves well and let kids know that you have a chance that's that's the main thing hey there's a chance i wasn't the best student i was a c student in high school um then i went to college i was i i got by i was better in college than i was in high school but understand that not every kid out there alicia you know guys is going to be an all-star player so we want to make sure that the, the kid that's being told he's too small he's too pequeño 
he's not fast enough, you know, that he has a chance and that's it. And, and even in broadcasting, you know, I wanted to play in the big leagues for 10 or 15 years. That wasn't God's plan. And I'm, I'm fine with that. And I'm happy with that. So I needed to go out there and prepare myself to say, okay, what's next? So my parents, my mom and dad were always like, Hey, I kissed through the eye. You got to study. You got to study. You got to study. And it didn't really hit me until I got older going, you know, they're right. I mean, something could happen where somebody breaks my foot. I'm done playing baseball. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, college graduate, when I married her, she's like, got to get that degree. Well, I got the degree, you know, at, at Cal State Fullerton um, while I was playing minor league baseball. So all those things mean that I want kids to know that there's a chance to do good, to represent well, to not get too caught up in the social media aspect of the negative things, but be a positive presence wherever you are representing your family number one and your mama and papa your house your nationality in our country it's important and you do it well thank you oh i'm all pumped up right now (laughs) nice i'm gonna keep you pumped up hey jose you mentioned it you're for those of our younger fans who don't know jose's dad is manny moda and if you don't know who manny moda is Go on the internet and look it up because the guy's a Dodgers legend, right? But Jose can say something here that not a lot of our guests can say, and that is, he mentioned it. This is a guy who grew up in the Dodgers clubhouse. This is a guy who saw a bunch of of the Dodger greats. So how was it when you got that call to come back and work for the Dodgers? I can't even describe it. Sometimes I'm like, is this really happening that I just finished my first homestand as a Dodger broadcaster. I, I, I'm sincerely telling you this right now. I'm like, it's not like I'm on a loan or anything, right? I'm, I'm a Dodger. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I feel so honored. So what a privilege. But, man, going back to the days of even like early 70s, late, you know, early 70s, like Maury Wills. I saw Maury Wills as a Dodger. I saw Walter Austin as, you know, legendary manager. I saw Tommy Lasorda come up as a coach. I saw Reggie Smith and, and Steve Sachs and, and Pedro Guerrero, you know, and, and Alejandro Peña and Darby and Say and Russell and Jaeger and Socha. All these guys I saw as youngsters. That's how old I am. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Jose, uh, you just, but, you said the magic word, Pedro Guerrero. Oh, I'm a man. huge Pedro Guerrero fan. Oh, Can you whoa. please let these Juan, guys know Juan, how man. good hey. Pedro Guerrero was? <laughs> Hey, go get the numbers and find out how clutch he was. Pedro was not afraid of anybody on the mound. He was not afraid of the cold or the wind or the heat. Pedro was ready to rake the minute he got out from bed. And that's what he did. Remember, he also had a a kind of checkered history in terms of injuries in the minor leagues where he just did not know how to slide. Did not know how to slide. He brought that to the big leagues. But that didn't stop him from being a tremendous slugger, a feared hitter. At one time, remember, Pedro had the highest contract ever given to a Dodger. It was like $7 million for five years. I, I recall that because he was a good friend of the family. We saw him come up. My dad took him under his wing, and Pedro was so gracious to all of us. By the way, Pedro Guerrero, Mariano Duncan, uh, Kenny Howell, all those guys, even throughout my college career at Cal State Fullerton in the you know 82 to 85, they provided me shoes. Gloves, uh, batting gloves. Pedro Guerrero used to go, "Hey, I got your batting gloves in my uh, in my locker. Go get them." And he goes, "By the way, you need to get some hits with that." 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So the, the history goes, I mean, I, I could do a, probably a, like a four-hour movie talking just about moments that I lived as a Dodger kid and now hopefully the next, until I retire as a Dodger, as a broadcaster. So I, I'm very blessed. I truly am. And so what did your father say? The great oh, Mr. Mora. What there's he- tears. There's yeah. tears. Oh, uh, there's tears from my dad, from my mom, uh, from my wife, from my daughter, from my son. Uh, because it was almost like in my brothers and sisters, in a way, it was almost like they wanted it. They didn't re- disrespect where I was before or the yeah. position that I had. But it's like, now that you're so well known, wouldn't it be nice that boom, and here it is, right? So yeah. to, them, to them, it was like, like the culmination, like, is it really happening? Yes, it is. And here I am talking about the Dodgers as a Dodger uh, with Jaime Jarrin and Pepe yes. Inges working with Fernando and Joe Davis and Oral and, and Tim and, I mean, uh, Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner. Rick Monday, I mean, he was one of the guys that – one of the biggest pranksters I ever saw in the clubhouse. Love Rick. I wore number 16 uh, when I was like 10, 11 in Little League because Rick Monday. I also <laughs> wore number eight because of Reggie Smith. So, yeah, I can go back and just tell all these stories uh, that I've lived and uh, I'll continue to, you know, build some new ones. Right, Alicia? Right, Juan? Absolutely. It's a Hall of Fame broadcasting team. That's what I'm saying. The Dodgers just keep getting better in every aspect. And and I don't want to jinx it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. (laughs) And speaking of, what do you think about Dave Roberts? Calling out the rest of MLB saying, we're going to take it this year. Dodgers are going to win it. Is, uh, I, lo- I loved it. Me too. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. And, and we, we were in spring training then. And, um, and Dave and I have had a relationship for a long time since he was a player. I'm, I've been good friends with Dave Robertson. Um, through the years, we've stayed in touch, you know, texting and, and this and that. And I'm like, I'm texting a Dodger manager right now. Like, hey, how cool is that? You know, because he. <laughs> He's so genuine. That's who he yeah. is. He's so genuine. He yeah. was he, he was the one guy that, I mean, with Andrew Friedman, Stan Kasten, obviously, Lon Rosen, Eric Braverman. But when he, when Dave Roberts saw me in spring training, he was like, Hosey, my man, it happened. You're here. You know, so <laughs> it was so cool. But I went to him and I said, Dave, I love how blunt you were, how bold you were, because it elevates everybody. It elevates us. And the players see that, they read that, and they're, they're saying, hey, uh, there's no looking behind here. He believes that we're going to win, but we're going to go out there and not guarantee a win, but the standard says so high that we can only do one thing as players, play at the highest level possible, bring it every night, make sure the Dodger fans know 50-plus thousand every single night that our manager said this, and we want to be the last team standing. So I loved it because – Alicia, you know what it reminded me of? And I, I told this to Dave. Back in the day, like, Casey Stengel, you know, like uh, Danny Murtaugh, uh, and I'm throwing some names, Earl Weaver, Tommy Lasorda. All these managers were not afraid to do stuff like that. Now, it's like, oh, my God, did you hear what he said? Well, go back and do a little history on some managers that said, I'm going to win and I'm going to sweep and I'm going to win 10 in a row. And I think that's great for the game if it's taken the right context. Amen. Amen. We already have targets on our back. So why not just <laughs> just put it out there, right? Put it out there. Manifest, Dave Roberts. Manifest. Of course. 
Yeah, Jose. Um, so are you going to be you're going to be doing Spanish broadcasts also, right? This season? The main yes, I am mainly doing Spanish broadcasts. Um because Jaime obviously is going to be retiring next this season. And the transition for him is to not travel. So I'm going to be doing all the road games with Pepe. Uh, Fernando will join us on some of those road trips. So we started back in spring training. Um, and I, you know, I got to call, I got to call a few games with Hyman next to me. And that was like, it is like heaven, man. I mean, this <laughs> well, is, that's, this that's is, what I wanted to get into because we yeah. had the maestro on the show. The maestro came and graced us for 45 minutes. And I was just like, just shut up. Don't ask any questions and just let him. <laughs> yes. Because the guy, I mean, the guy's been with the Dodgers for 64 years. He's seen a lot of baseball. Did you ever, I know you were always in the clubhouse and all that stuff, but did you ever listen to him call games? Oh, not only did I listen to him call games, he is one of the reasons why I became a broadcaster because I would spend the afternoons, you know, say in the clubhouse, then on the field. We go inside with my brothers, get showered up, go to the stands, buy our Dodger dog, 25 cents. Wow. A soda, a soda, and a fry. Hey, that was a dollar. That was like a dollar right there. That was 25. <laughs> Whoa. And then we, we'd watch like, I would watch like three innings sitting in the family session. And then I'd go up to the booth because Jaime with Vinny would invite me to come and listen to them. So I got to listen to wow. them while they're doing their thing. And I'm sitting right there as a seven, eight-year-old kid behind these legends, right? And who would have thought I'm sitting in the same booth right now doing games? So that was no, no college could have taught you that. No, uh-huh. no, no, no college could have. No. You were getting no. a master class right there. Yes, exactly. So yes, and then I recall that because I spent all my my school, my schooling was all in the Dominican Republic until I came to college, right? So we spend the summers in LA and school year in the Dominican. So we'd arrive on a, you know, June evening and, and, you know, LAX and get in the car, the station wagon and start driving home to our summer house and put on the radio, Jaime's voice and Vinny's voice and Jerry Doggett and Fag Garcia and, and Rudy Hoyos and Renee Cardenas. It's like Ross Porter's like, we are in LA now because of these voices that are welcoming us. And you're now going to be a part of that lineage, Jose. Uh, Alicia, you got time for one more before we start wrapping things up with Jose Mota joining us here on the Carne Sada. Hey, Carne Yeah, right. Um, just, I just wanted to really quickly mention that I rode in a parade with your dad. And he's not just a superstar where everybody was going crazy trying to get pictures with him. Your dad is cool. Like, he's a cool cat. Like, his, his presence... You know, the way he's like observing one of a dog came and jumped on him and he was just really cool about it. I mean, did growing up under this kind of I don't want to say pressure, but influence to be great like your dad. I just want to say it's not a question that you honor the name. Well, you honor the legacy of being a Dodger, you know, of being a legacy and you honor the Dominican Republic, you honor baseball, you honor broadcasting. I love the title that the Dodgers gave you, by the way, uh, multi-dimensional broadcaster. Really? Dude could oh, do it wow. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah. Well, my dad sure. is, my dad is a cool cat. My dad is uh, somebody that, you know, we grew up with the star of the house, you know, my dad. Right. But he never played it off that way. He was humble. 
He treated everybody the same. He signed every autograph. Yeah. I remember walking from, from, you know, the clubhouse to the parking lot and the players just to park just freely outside with, with the fans. Right. Uh-huh. And there was a line of cars. There's a line of uh, fans lined up in, in every one of the players' cars. And my dad would put us in the station wagon and we would not leave the Dodger stadium parking lot until he signed the last autograph. Wow. Until he took the last picture or the Polaroids, whatever it was. And it was fantastic. And we learned from that, giving back his foundation. Uh, he, you know, my dad was a street kid. My dad was almost, I don't, know, I don't want to say a beggar, but he was a street kid that had to go sell items in the street to bring home. He never forgot about that. So we grew up in that humbleness, along with my mother and, and um, uh, the rest of the family and uncles that kept us grounded. But uh, we learned a lot from him in terms of what it is to be a professional. Be early. You know, my, my dad was a pinch hitter. He was there before anybody because he's like, I got to prepare for one at bat, one at bat only. And that at bat could cost my team the game. So I'm going to be there before anybody because I got to think of myself with playing every day. So in short, he was always prepared. He taught us the right way. He was very strict with us, even our, our behavior at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. If we didn't behave, uh, you know, inside the Dodger Stadium, it's like, <laughs> nope, no game for you for three games. And it was like, no, dad, oh, oh, we cried so much. But um, it, it, it's um, it, it's a privilege to call my father, and and uh, I really love the example he set for all of us. And it translates well. Bravo again. <laughs> uh, we're gonna end the show the way we always end the show. But uh, before we do that, I yeah, uh, you have to promise to come back because I want to talk to you. Coming off of Jackie Robinson Day. I, I want to talk about Roberto Clemente with you because your dad got to play with him. And I know you were probably too young. Yes. So I don't know if you had any experiences with Clemente, but baseball, especially for Latinos, I, I, it's important to talk about those that came before us. You spoke so glowingly about your father. I would love to have a conversation with you about Clemente. Um, but w- I know you're up against it right now, but please, you, you have an open I- invitation. Jose, you can come on the Canesada, whatever you want but I would love to talk about Clemente, but I'm going to ask you the question we ask all of them. Before I do that, though, do you know who Polo Asensio is? Of course, Polo. My God, I saw Polo come from the ground to where he is right now, a big red now. Polo does a great impression of your father, and it's one of those lines, and I don't know if your dad came up with this line, but I think it's a great line, and he goes, this is him doing your your father. It's a bad impression, but I'm doing my my best. He goes... Polo, el béisbol es bien raro. La pelota es redonda y viene en una caja cuadrada. And to me, whenever anybody, whenever I see something crazy happen in baseball, that's the line that I use to explain, hey, it's it's baseball. You know, the fun thing about it is, is that it doesn't translate in English the same way. Have you noticed? No, no. no. I mean, there's some things like we, we do say, Juan and, and Alicia, in, in Spanish that don't translate the same way. And things that in English don't translate, translate to Spanish. And I know because obviously, you know, doing the broadcast in, in both languages. But yeah, in baseball, we, I mean, all Latin America is like, what crazy thing happened now? Like a bad hop or you saw somebody score from first base. And you go, hey, remember, it's, 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 it's a round thing that comes in a square box. Like it's so unorthodox. So, the, you know, the counter positions are kind of there. But um, uh, it yeah. It's better so, in it, Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it, but like I, I thought you were going to say, my dad, it seems like everybody I run into like this in the business will go, hey, every time I see your dad, he goes, hey, paciencia, tranquilo, con calma. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the other one. But I just Polo told us that one, oh, and yeah. I, I just oh, yeah. I love that line because to me it, it it's so poetic. But hey, you have my word. I will come back, and I will talk about Clementa. He was huge in our family, huge for my father. Um, and there's a great story about Clementa and how Clementa might have influenced my dad staying in the big leagues for 20 years. And I'll tell you the story when we come back. Well, well, that, that, that's a teaser we're talking to the man who saved billy chapel's uh perfect <laughs> game and we're gonna we'll talk about that one next time but for right now we're gonna end it with we're all about taco culture here on the bleed los podcast Ooh. so we need to know jose what is your favorite taco and where do you i mean you're an angelino so you know where all the good taco spots <laughs> and don't tell me because you're a dominican you don't eat tacos oh, you, you, you eat tacos you, right jose hey let me tell you man Taco Tuesday at Dodger Stadium the other day. That was one of the first thing I did. I was like, where where are they? <laughs> I got I I I got my my carne asada taco. I got my cebollita and my cilantro and my salsa. So oh, trust me, I'm I'm an Angelino. Believe me, and I go to find those places. It, um, there's a place at Dodger Stadium that's really good. It's Guisados, but that's like the newer generation type thing. Right, right. right. Uh, on Sunset, I like Taco Delta. Taco okay. Delta. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's those burritos in many places. What do you get at right? those places? Yeah. What's your uh, What's I your go to? to I, I have to have rice and beans with anything that I have. Okay. Oh, okay. Whether it's the enchiladas, uh, whether it's the tacos, um, uh, the chicken tacos, or you know the hard shell. Um, and by the way, I've experienced tacos too in, in Guadalajara and in uh -huh. Mexico City. And in <laughs> well, that, that's not fair. That's not uh, fair. Okay. The ones in Mexico. <laughs> In the central market in downtown LA, the one that you talked about, if you like carnitas, La Moreliana, I, I swear by La Moreliana, man. We brought John Hartung tacos once to the stadium and we brought him carnitas tacos. So oh if you want God. us to bring you tacos, we will bring you tacos. <laughs> the Bleedlos podcast it, will it, deliver. Bring it. I'll pay you. And I'll, I'll make a donation. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Promise, Alicia, you look wonderful as always. Juan, thank you. so nice to be Welcome here. And, uh, <laughs> now, many, thank you. Many blessings. That's all, Jose Mota. And where can we find you on the socials before you go, Jose? Jose Mota 05 on both Instagram and Twitter. And you I love know? to talk to the fans. Hey, by the way, I'm not a big posting guy. Like I'll post like maybe every couple of weeks or something, but um, I do enjoy though, talking to the fans and answering their questions on Twitter or Instagram. And I get more time doing that. Like, Hey, thank you for the commenter. Yeah. That's what happened in this place. So please, I, I welcome the questions anytime and observations and things that you might want to know about myself or my family or, or just the game or, or play. There you have it. Hit him up on the socials, <laughs> follow him on the Twitters and the Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. The friend of the carne asada, Jose Mota. That's part one. He'll join us later. Thank you very much, Jose. You got it. Hello, this is Danny Trejo, a.k.a. Machete, and you are listening to the Bleed Loss Podcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge thanks to Jose Mota for joining us. Go follow him on the socials. Like he said, he likes the fan engagement. We like the fan engagement as well. So if you're not following us, go follow each one of us. All of our socials are out there. You've seen it. Go follow the podcast. And uh, and likewise, huge thanks for following. If you just stumbled across this podcast and you're not subscribed, we would really appreciate it if you subscribed. Dodgers content all the time, every week. Sometimes we get celebrities. Sometimes we get Dodgers players. Sometimes we get 
people from the organization like Jose Mota. Sometimes we get mariachis. Sometimes we get taqueros. It's cool. You know what I mean? So check it out. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'd really appreciate it. But on that note, this episode of the Bleed Los podcast was presented by our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Go join, go set it up, do the thing. BetOnline.ag is their website. Super easy to get started. Head to the website today, use your phone, use your computer, and use our promo code, which is Believe. B L E A V. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting the episode. But on that note, I am sick as a dog. I'm going to go back to bed. Thank you for listening this week, and we will catch you on the next one. Go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.